Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We just are so grateful for your love. God, we um, just ask that in these moments, Lord, that you would just be with us, Lord, and that you'd honor us with your presence, Lord, as we worship you this morning. Whether we're worshiping online in the cafe and here, Lord, or, or with our children, our students, Lord, that you would just have your way this morning. God, we pray that you would just speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to just set aside any distractions that might try to get in the way of your message for us today, God. What a powerful message you have for us today, God, about the, the fact that you, how much you love us, Lord, that you've created us to be somebody, Lord. So would you just speak that message through Pastor Buddy today? Lord, we just thank you for all you're going to do. We give you all praise. First in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. night to shine. Hey, we wanted to say thank you to all of our volunteers uh, that, that made this event happen. Um, we had so many people that, that, that we wouldn't have made this possible if it wasn't for you. We thank you uh, to Bobby and to Alicia that kind of were behind the scenes heading this up. What an amazing event. Um, you know, I know this much. I, I burned so many calories because once you get out there dancing with my, my buddy, we just didn't stop until, uh, until the night ended. And it was just, a, you know, that was a night where you truly experienced God's love and in, in what it really means, the, the joy. Um, I, I was thinking earlier that day, I had, the, I had the worst attitude. I was in a bad mood that, that day. But I, you can't come in here and be a part of that and not be touched by the joy. And it just was transformational, um, the joy and the love that you experienced. So thank you for everyone that made that possible. We, uh, we were so honored to have our guest here um, to make, make that, that possible and just the fun that we had. So um, give yourselves another round of applause for a great night. Well, we'd like to welcome you to Salem Fields Community Church this morning. Um, in a few moments, our ushers are going to come by, and we're going to take our morning tithes and offerings. And if you're a guest with us this morning, please don't feel obligated to give in this in any way. Um, this is something that we as Salem Fielders are called this our church that we do um, on a regular basis. This is something also that we do when you uh, in your spiritual journey with God, because he says to give the tithe to the storehouse, and that's what helps carry out events like Night to Shine and, and the ministry of the church. But, you know, this is also the one way that God says, says, test me in this. And I can testify that over the 20-some years that I've been tithing and giving to my offerings, that God has never failed to take care of my family. I'm not saying that things haven't been rough or difficult at different times in our lives, but yet God has always provided um, and got us through the storms of life. And I believe, I attribute that to the, the giving of our tithes and offering that we faithfully give to him because he promises that when we do that to him, he'll take care of us. And so there's a lot of different ways you can give in those tithes and offerings this morning. 
you know, the ushers will come by in a, in a moment. They'll pass the buckets. You can put a check or a cash uh, in those buckets. You can go out to our giving kiosk out in the lobby and swipe your debit card debit card or credit card out there. Um, if you're online worshiping with us this morning, welcome. Um, you can also give there by clicking on the green tab on the top of your screen. And then if you have the Salem Fields app on your phone, it's a great way to get all the information that's kind of going on with the church, but this is a great way to also give your tithes and offering through that app. And so you can do that as well. And as if you have your phone out this morning, we want to check into your favorite social media um, outlet this morning. It's a great way to let people know where you're worshiping. Let them know that it's not too late to join us. If they can't be here right now with us, they can join us online and they can worship with us live at SalemFields.com and just go to the Watch Live tab there. And this is a great way for you to connect with the people in your community to let them know where you're worshiping because that is going to be the front door for people to come in and see what's going on at Salem Fields. You know, they may, not, they may not step foot in the doors until after they see what's going on here through our online services. So utilize that tool, those things that, that we have out there that, that have been created to be able to reach those people. So use your social media for that um, this morning. We'd also like you to take out your connection card this morning. Even if you're a regular attender at Salem Fields or, or a first-time guest with us, please take that connection card out because we want to be able to stay connected to you. And this is one way with a, being a church of the size we are that we can stay connected with you. Put your information on there. Make sure that we have your updated information so you can be getting um, emails or the e-news and so you know what's going on here at Salem Fields. Um, it's also a great way for you to put out your prayer requests so that we as pastors can be praying for you and meeting the needs of, that, of your family and during your times. If you're worshiping online, you can also fill out that connection card. It's right there at the top of your screen. Um, if you're a first-time guest with us, welcome to Salem Fields. We're glad you're with us, but we want to make sure that you, uh, we just want to show us our we want to show you our appreciation for you being with us this morning. Please stop by at the first uh, time guest table that's out there by the doors uh, before you leave today and pick up your free gift. And then if you, we can also give you any information that you'd like about Salem Fields. Um, in the lobby, we also have this morning, we have Valentine cards out there. You know, uh, Hallmark has to have created a holiday so they can get all their money. Um, so we wanted to save you money and you can make your own Valentine cards. No, what we have out there is a table that making your own Valentine cards that will be uh, delivered to our local nursing homes. Um, this past week we had our family dinner at Smith Station Elementary School where we had about 182 people in attendance um, once again. And we, as a family, in the crafts that we did, we created um, homemade Valentine cards that we were going to deliver to the nursing home uh, because we wanted to show people unconditional love. And so we thought, wait, why don't we just do that as a church as well? And so we're going we're gonna to carry those out and deliver them this week. Um, but, you know, people that go to the nursing home, a lot of people that end up in nursing homes, sometimes they don't ever get a, a visitor. They don't get anything. And so this is a way that we can show them that they're loved and cared about and are in our thoughts and prayers. So be a part of that. Another thing that we've got going on, you'll see in the lobby, is we have our blue box again out here going along one of the poles there. This is where we're going to collect um, items for care packages for our troops, partnering with Blue Star Moms. We did this in the, um, the fall, and we helped them. Uh, I think they ended up uh, putting together around 500 um, care packages that were delivered near uh, around Christmas time to Afghanistan and Iraq and to different duty stations overseas. You know, this is a great way to let um, our men and women in the service know that we care about them. You can put letters in there. Um, there's the packing list out there. You don't have to buy everything on the list. You can just bring in a couple items. 
um, but it goes a long way. You know, when you're, when you're stationed overseas, um, you don't get to go to Walmart. You don't get to go to the local grocery store. And some of the comforts of home that you, you end up missing um, out on, you just don't, they're not at your, you just can't go around the corner and buy it. And um, so getting those things in care packages um, is a just kind of a nice little touch of home, makes you feel comfortable. Um, it lifts your morale. It boosts uh, the spirits of the, of the unit. And um, I experienced that firsthand when um, being in Kuwait. When you get that, that care package, there's nothing greater than opening that up and, you know, having that can of Pringles or those oatmeal cream pies um, in, in there because it's just a reminder of home um, that you don't get because they don't put those things in NMREs. Um, the only thing you get there is a pound cake and some, some cheese that will bind you up for weeks. And so, um, so it's nice to get the comfort from home, that, that food. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, some of the things you just don't know. Um, so we want to let them know that they're cared about, they're loved, and so we want to be a part of that. We're going to be collecting those items and sending those, over, uh, those items overseas. If you'd be a part of that, that'd be great. We'd appreciate you bringing those in over the next few weeks as uh, we, can, we collect those items uh, for those men and women that are serving our country. We hope you have a great day, and watch this. Hey, there's a poll here.
Well, good morning. Wow, man, y'all awake. Y'all had coffee and had breakfast and everything, didn't you? It's good to see you today. Y'all are looking good, most of you. And uh, <laughs> anyway, boys, we had a great night to shine the other night. It, God showed up and shined. Whoa. That's that bad pizza from last night. Whoa. Got it? All right, there we go. I'll tell you, these guys back here, they do an incredible job. And it only shows up when something goes bad, doesn't it? We don't ever say, wow, we did a good job. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you, Jamie, and your team. We appreciate that. We are starting a new series today called Parting Words. Have you ever thought about how important parting words, how, how important they are? You know, many times when people are going to be separated for a while or, or they're going to leave and maybe not come back and uh, they're on their, or they're on their deathbed, they, they want to say one last meaningful thing maybe before leaving. Parting words. They can be memorable. Parting words can be emotional. Uh, parting words can be uh, encouraging. They can be compelling, uh, especially when they're someone's final words. Here are a few parting words that I found of people you may know. They were dying. Die, my dear. Why, wow, that's the last thing I'll do. 
I guess, <laughs> Mother Teresa, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And then I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Wow, Leonardo da Vinci. It, his didn't reach that, I'm not sure. It's better to burn out than fade away. Neil Young. Now, I, that quote could be uh, uh, attributed to others, but anyway, for that, we'll use that. Don't let it in like this. Tell them I said something. Pancho Villa. <laughs> darn it. Now, let me tell you, Joan Crawford didn't use the word darn it. I cleaned it up because I didn't want y'all to, you know. Anyway, pretty soon, it's getting such a short time, I can do whatever I want. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Darn it. Don't you dare ask God to help me. Joan Crawford, it's far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It is far, far better rest that I go to than I have ever known. Charles Dickens, I should have never switched from scotch to martinis. <laughs> now that'll get you every time, I guess. Anyway, everybody's got, now I'm not advocating that, okay? Everybody's got to die, but I, I have always believed an exception would be made in my case. <laughs> Dear world, I'm leaving you because I'm bored. I feel I have lived long enough. I'm leaving you with your worries in this sweet cesspool. Good luck. George Sanders. Now, this is a sad one. I'll be in hell before you start breakfast. Let her rip. Man, that wouldn't be that one. Now, here it is. Jesus of Nazareth, it is finished. It is finished. The work that he came to do is finished. Our salvation the work of our salvation and his death and resurrection on the cross was finished business. When he died, he had done all that he came to do uh, for you and I. Parting words. They are powerful. Parting words can be powerful. And today, Gay and I are uh, starting a brand new series uh, called Parting Words. Now, we hope that this series will inspire and encourage you to be your best for God. To be your best for God, for yourself, and to be the best for your families and for others and your church. Today I want to talk to you about God's love for nobodies. Do you ever feel like a nobody? I mean, deep down when it's quiet and you're laying in bed and your mind's racing and, and everybody else is asleep and you're laying there all alone, do you ever think about the fact that you say to yourself, you know what, I'm just a nobody? Or when you're driving alone in your car and you're not texting? <laughs> Have you ever done a survey of texters driving? I mean, I'm guilty, not always, but once in a while, I might, okay? But, and I'm one of those people, okay? Confession. I'm going to hell. I text and drive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's just forget that and say when you're driving and you're all alone <laughs> and, you, and do you ever think about uh, where your life is headed or maybe you think about what you've done or haven't done that you wish you would have done? Do you ever take stock of what your life has amounted to and think it comes up short? For you, maybe it's like a treadmill. You know, you're like you're living life on a treadmill. Treadmill's like getting up in the morning. You've heard me say this before, and you, you uh, grab your toothbrush, you brush your teeth, maybe wash your face, go out and grab a little breakfast and get on the highway and head up north or head down south or wherever you head, and you work all day and you get off exhausted, you drive back home, you, you eat a little dinner, maybe you grab it on the way home, but you eat a little dinner, you crawl in your recliner, you stretch out on the couch, you fall asleep, you wake up, go to bed, and you wake up the next morning and you uh, grab your toothbrush and brush your teeth, do whatever you do in the morning, and you run out, grab a little breakfast, 
and then you head up the highway again, you work yourself silly all day long, and then you get in your car and you drive back home and you come home and grab a little dinner and you, you know, you uh, uh, kick back in your recliner, you stretch out on your couch and you fall asleep and you uh, get up and go to bed and you wake up the next morning, you wake up and you brush your teeth and you grab a little breakfast and you head up the highway again or you head down the highway again and you work all day and you drive back home and you're exhausted and you eat a little dinner, crawl in your recliner, stretch out on your couch and what do you do? You fall asleep, wake up, go to bed and you get up in the morning, you do it over and over again and, and you're working hard but you think to yourself, I'm not getting anywhere. You feel underappreciated maybe or overlooked, underpaid, underloved, or even you feel like your life is unnecessary. It seems to me, as I've done this stuff for 35 years or more and talking to people, most people at times in their life struggle with, the, with self-defeating thoughts. I know in the past and even at times of day, I, I struggle with those thoughts of being a nobody. But, but some people here online, or here or online, uh, every day, every day, they, they struggle with this feeling of I'm, not, I'm, I'm nobody. If you think your life doesn't make a difference, that nobody really cares about you, that there's no hope for you, that you're unlovable and you feel like a nobody and that God can never love you, I'm glad you're here this morning. I am really glad you're in the right place at the right time because this is a message that's really, really important to me, and this is a message I wanted to leave with you in our parting days. Our parting day is March 22nd, and uh, that's six more weeks, and no one's counting, maybe, I'm counting, and uh, you know, it's coming, and these are important, these four messages, what Gay and I believe are important, that we wanna leave with you. This is my heart. And so, you know, this morning I wanna talk to you uh, some good news of parting words. Uh, from Psalms 139, and this is my favorite all-time uh, chapter in the Bible. Uh, it's a chapter uh, that's made all the difference in my life. I've probably preached singly most, a single most on this chapter than any other chapter if I've repeated uh, is Psalms 139. Uh, you, some of you know my story. Uh, you know I was uh, saved on Easter Sunday, 1980. I was a nobody, felt like a nobody, weighted down with sin. God forgave me. And uh, shortly after I was saved, uh, Gay and I went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Now, I will tell you, if you've never been on a mission trip, you ought to save your money up. There's two things that I'm glad I did in my life. I'm glad that I went on mission trips, and I'm glad I was able to save my money up and play golf at Pebble Beach. They're the two best things I've, uh, I've done in my life except give my life to Christ. Anyway, I had to throw that in there. But anyway, I was at the Dominican Republic. I was saved, all my sins forgiven but I was the same, same person with the same feelings of being a nobody. And there, all those feelings of insecurity, all those feelings of, of jealousy, and all those things of fear, all those things came roaring out. And I, we were with a church that, I, uh, that we had hooked up with to go on this mission trip, and I was with a pastor that I didn't know, and he said to me compassionately, buddy, take your Bible, get in that camper out there in the backyard, and get in there and read and pray, read Psalms 139 and pray and allow God to speak to you through those words. You see, I grew up in a home. I grew up uh, in a home where uh, my mom's 
husband uh, was a terrible person. Ter he did terrible things. He wasn't a terrible person. He's a creation of God, but he did terrible things. He did terrible things to my mom. He did terrible things to us and to my brothers. There was not a day that I remember until I was six years old that I either wasn't smacked or cussed or watched my brothers go through terrible abuse, worse than me. Uh, and I always felt like a coward because I never did anything to stand up for them or to stand up for my mom. I struggle with those feelings even today of caused me to feel like I'm a nobody. I carried that into my, uh, into my teenage years and I had these teeth that I, people, my name is Herman and, uh, and uh, I know that y'all are surprised that somebody as good looking as me is named Herman, but that's what my mama named me and I'm proud of it. And, uh, but then I wasn't so proud of it. And I had these two teeth and uh, people would call me Herman the Monster. And I mean, I struggled with that all through my high school days and even into marriage and even up until even just recently, not the teeth, but just feeling like a nobody. And, and you know, so I, I, that day, I believe by faith and I believe that God started a transformation in my life to help me understand the person that I am and the person that God created. So this scripture, this passage of scripture is very, very important in my life. And, 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 and it, that was the day that God started the transformation in my life that continues today. And one day it'll be complete when I step into glory. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for his saving grace. And I'm thankful that I married a person that who has stood by me for better or for worse. Uh, during this transformation. In this passage of scripture, I believe that God wants all of us to see the value of our lives and that this great love that he has for us and that we can see that from God's perspective. There are four insights. There's many more, but four insights. And I, I think that maybe I've hit these in some way or shape or form, but I really believe that if you would allow these words to penetrate your heart, that they, that I believe if you feel like a nobody, they will take you from that feeling of being a nobody uh, to the somebody that God created you to be. And so I'm going to talk about those for as quickly as I can this morning. The first one is God knows everything about you. God knows everything about you. Now, when I first heard that, I'd go, oh, oh man. But in the first six verses of Psalms 139, David tells us that God knows us intimately. He knows our story. He knows our life. The Bible says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you known me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. Listen to those words. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This behind and before and lay your hand upon me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. And David says, I am unable to reach it. Now, in my studies this week, uh, I discovered that these six verses in the Greek combined uh, are a picture. They give us a picture of God as a detective, uh, uh, tracking even our most mundane activities, uh, studying us even when we think we're alone. He dissects our inner world uh, into parts, uh, discerning what makes us tick and why we do what we do. He has penetrated our past, our, our best foot, our past, our best foot forward. He has such a grasp 
of each one of us on a personal level that he knows precisely what we will say or do as if it had already been spoken or done, in quotes. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Which means this to me. God knows my heart. God knows your heart. God knows our fears. He knows our thoughts. He knows our motives. He knows our dreams. He knows our frustrations. And he knows our sins, our pet sins. He knows our past. He understands our present. And he knows all about your future. You see, he understands you. God sees what's going on around you. You know, you might think to yourself, no one understands, no one knows what I'm going through, the pain I'm experiencing, the things that are happening in my life, nobody understands. And I want to tell you this morning, on the authority of this verse of Scripture, this chapter of Scripture, God knows. And God understands. He knows all about you. He understands what's happening to you. He knows those thoughts, those feelings, those self-defeating thoughts and feelings that we have inside of us. He gets you. You know, we say, well, nobody gets me. Well, I'm going to tell you, God gets you. You see, God knows us better than we know us. God knows us better than our spouse knows us. God knows us intimately. He knows everything about us. He knows uh, there's nothing that God doesn't know about us. You think your motive uh, for doing something is a pure motive. You, you think it's one thing when God, who is not fooled, he knows our real motive. You know, I'll often say to Gay when I stick my foot in my mouth, I guess I'll say to her, you know, well, that's not what's in my heart. Well, here's what God knows. He knows what's really in my heart. He knows everything about me, and he knows my motives. He knows my real motive uh, of why I do things. And I got to tell you, when I hear all that and under, understand all that, that's a bit scary to me. I mean, there, when I think about it, Sometimes it doesn't bring me comfort. But I know this, what I've learned, and you can be rest assured, God knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. But you know what? He still loves us. He still loves us. What an incredible God that you and I uh, serve. And, and you know, and I think about that, and we think, or you might think that you're a nobody. Wow. You know, when David says that God has laid his hand upon him, he's referring to an Old Testament practice where a father would place his hands on his children and he would speak words of blessing into their lives about who they are and who they will be, what their place in the family meant and what their future will be. This is one of the most important acts, the most important things uh, that happened in Hebrew families. And, you know, I, I think it's something today as fathers that we've missed out on. Maybe we, uh, maybe some of you have. I never did that as Jody was growing up. You know, but I think it's something that we've missed out on that our children, uh, you know, could, could benefit because God has given us as fathers, our children, to lead and to honor and to bless. And, and I think that because we've never been taught or never understood the impact that is, it has an incredible impact on it. In the same way, though. Our Heavenly Father imparts blessing on you and I. He does that out of his love for us. He blesses us. And what that does, it seals our place in his family and what our future is all about. You see, in his family, there are no nobodies. There are no nobodies in his family. There are only somebodies. So God knows everything about you. And secondly, 
God pursues you. God pursues you. You see, when David believed God's, that God knew all this about him, he had all this knowledge and understand who, who he really was, he concluded in verse 6, he said, this wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It's lofty. It's, I'm unable to reach it. If I was saying that, I'd say, man, I can't deal with this. I mean, it's too overwhelming to me to think that the God, the creator of the universe, has all this information on me. And that he, that he still loves me. It's beyond my grasp. It's beyond my understanding. I just have this finite mind that just can't wrap itself around that. If I was David. You know, David's first instinct is a lot like mine or maybe yours. I, I'd say to myself, how can I get out of here, man? I mean, God knows all this about me. Where can I hide from this dude? I'm thinking, man, if God knows all this about me, then he knows I'm a hypocrite. Whew. You know, he knows I'm a hypocrite. Man, if God knows all about this, he knows that, whew, he knows that I might lie. If God knows all that about me, wow, then he saw what I did last week. He knows I put church face on a lot of times when I'm here. You know, he, he knows that I don't read my Bible and pray as often as I should. Man, if he knows all that, he, he knows I don't always love my enemy. You know, and he knows that I, he knows I'm not always kind to people. You know, he knows that I'm moody. And when I'm moody, I'm not easy to be around. God knows that about me. You know, he knows I don't always treat people very well. He knows all that about me. And yet, he still loves me. He still loves me. He doesn't judge me. Listen to what David says. He says, where can I escape your spirit? In other words, God's pursuing him. Where can I escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're, you are there. If I live on the eastern horizon or settle on the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. David is thinking like a nobody thinks. You see, he is fearful of being found out. He's, he's fearful if God really knows who he is, then God really won't love him. That's how nobodies think. You know, and, and he, he, his reaction was to try to find a place to hide from God. You know, there's been times in my past when I haven't even prayed because I didn't want God to know what I was thinking. I, I thought if I pray about it, then God will know about it, and then God won't love me anymore. I mean, that's how weird I am. But you know what I've learned about God over the years is God's not doing that to point out what David did wrong. No, he's pointing that out so he can show grace. Grace is the fact that we don't deserve God's love, but he loves us anyway, even though we stink up the joint sometimes. He still loves us. And, and, and he's showing David that he's not coming to point out or punish him or condemn him, but to show him grace to be involved in his life to demonstrate his love for David. You see, a lot of us have this mentality that God's a cosmic cop and that God's just watching. He's just watching. He's just watching. You know, I'm going to catch you, Tony. I got my eyes on you. I saw you flip that guy off in traffic. 
Now, David, he didn't flip anybody off traffic. Tony did. But that's how we feel about God. We feel about God's just waiting to see that we mess up so that God can kick our butts. And that, but that's not who God is. God is a God of grace. God is a God that loves us no matter what. He's not come to punish us. He's not come to condemn us. Folks, God has come to love us. And show us grace. And that goes for all the nobodies that are here today or worshiping online. You see, look what David says in verse 10. He says, if I could ride the sun's rays and fly at blinding speeds to some remote place or bury myself under miles of oceans, even there, writes David, your hand will lead me. Your hand will lead me. David's acknowledging his guidance. Your right hand will hold on to me, protect me. Which means to me that God loves nobodies like you and me. You see, over and over in the Bible, we see how God feels about us. We think God feels about us one way, but here's how God feels about us. You know what God calls you and I? His beloved. Sounds corny, doesn't it? But I love it. I've had people say things about me and call me names, and I think, well, you can call me what you want, but you know what God calls me? Beloved. Beloved. I'm his child. He loves me. He cares about me. You know, I'm chosen. I'm dearly loved. We're told in the Bible that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ except our own choice. We can choose not to love God and follow God, give up on him, but there's nothing. There is nothing that we can do that will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. You know, when you're feeling the weight of loneliness, feeling like a nobody, wondering if your life matters, Watch this song. Listen to it. Right I was walking downtown one day. And I saw a man who appeared to be just an old wino sitting on the street telling the people about Jesus as they passed by. And because he was all raggedy and dirty, people would just laugh and make fun of the old man and walk on by. And he said, because of the way I am, no money, no fancy clothes, fine homes and cars, a lot of people consider me as nothing and say I don't know what I'm talking about. But there's one thing that he said that really touched my heart and stayed on my mind. When that old man looked up and said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. He said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody He said, I've had so many problems in my life that I just couldn't deal with. So I started drinking, thought it would help ease my pain. But things got worse. So I said, Lord, I give up. I'm in your hands. 
And that's when my life begins to change But these people think I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody About somebody who can save anybody I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody About somebody who can save anybody And he said On the streets day and night That's my life That's my home Ain't got nowhere else I can go So I just walk the streets Telling the people about Jesus From corner to corner From door to door But they all make fun of me and say I'm a nobody Trying to tell everybody About somebody Who can save anybody Oh, I'm just a nobody <laughs> You get that, don't you, Patrick? Yes, I do too. You know, I, I'm glad that God uses people that feel like nobodies. Because I tell you, when I came here 25 years ago, I felt like a nobody that God gave a chance. Because all my life, all I've ever wanted to do in my spiritual life is lead people to Jesus. Especially people that feel like nobodies. You know, that doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what town you live in. Doesn't matter uh, what car you drive, what house you live in, what community you live in, what education you got. God still uses nobodies. God knows you. God knows you, and he wants you to be the somebody that he created you to be. Next, God made you himself. God made you himself. He did. He didn't sign that to somebody else. I want us to read uh, verses uh, 13 through 16 together, if we could, okay? Ready? For it was you in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Let's go. Let's read it like we mean it. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Pay attention to those words. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. Those are true words. They are words from God. And if we would just not read our Bible just to say we've read our Bible, but if we would read our Bibles and really think on those words, I would really encourage you, if you feel like a nobody today, that you would get into Psalms 139 and not just read over the words, but read into the words. And allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to make those words, allow those words to penetrate your heart and begin to change your mindset and your heart about who you think you are. Those are incredible words. I hope that you heard them. You see, it was God who knit you together in your mother's womb. It's a picture of a complex attention to detail of a quilter as they, as they create a quilt one thread at a time. You know, uh, back in, uh, at the end of the year around Christmas time, uh, Sharon Stafford and Mike, uh, they thought that uh, we were going to leave, and we tricked them. Uh, and they, made, they had made us a quilt. Uh, made gay a quilt. It made me a quilt. I always loved quilts. My grandmother made quilts. My mom had a stock of quilts. She's still, they're still at my house. 
at my mom's house, my dad's house. And, and you know, I opened it up and I said, wow, that's a really nice quilt. I, I'm so thankful. If y'all, are y'all here? Y'all here? Yeah. I, I'm, you know, just so thankful for that quilt. But it was a couple days later after Christmas, things settled down. I took the quilt out of this big old bag and I opened it up. And I, you know what I realized about that quilt? It was made uniquely for me. I mean, Sharon and Mike listened to the things that, that, that I loved and liked in life, like the Virginia Cavaliers and the Washington Redskins and fishing and all the things that I like. And she personally knit together a quilt that is uniquely mine. It's uniquely who I am. And I love that quilt. You know, and this is a picture of God's complex detail quilting our lives together. In verse 13, David writes, I have been remarkably and wonderfully made, which means that after God made you and me, he threw away the mold. And it's just like that quilt. That quilt would mean nothing to you. It has no, probably no value to you other than keeping you warm. But that quilt has value because I know the quilter. I know the person that knit it together and presented it to us with all of our heart. And God did the same for you and I. He knit us together just like we are. He gave us, he, he, he made us uniquely with all of the things that he has given to us. We're what remarkably and wonderfully made. Like my quilt that was made uniquely for me, you are totally unique. You are fashioned by God, the God of the universe, right down to your fingerprints. God does some Incredible quilting. When I look around this room, and if I could see you worshiping online, there's some incredible quilting that God has done. You know, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, then you've been watching too much media and been on social media too much. You see, because your Heavenly Father, the incredible quilter, made you just like you are. I look in the mirror, and God created me with those teeth. We didn't have the money when I was a kid to get braces. I went to the dentist not too long ago, and he said, I want to put braces on your teeth. And I said, ah, what difference does it make at 65? Now, if I'd done that as I was 12, it might have made a difference for me. But you know what? God gave me those teeth. God created me just like I am, my flaws and all. And he created you with your flaws and all. And yet, he still loves you. He still pursues you. And he knit you together in your mama's womb. Whew. See, life started before the foundations of the earth. There's no other light, there's no other you. He gave you your personality. He knit that right in there. Your innate abilities. He knit it in there. Your spiritual gifts, the hobbies you enjoy, a particular purpose that sets you apart. Boy, I'm spitting everywhere. You are his treasured creation, made in his likeness. God knows you, and he wants you. He made you into an awesome somebody. Finally, God has plans just for you. David said, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. You know, I just believe that. <laughs> God, how difficult your thoughts are for me to comprehend, how vast their sum is. You see, when, which means to me the script for our lives was already written by God before we ever came to be. The Lord has carefully mapped out every detail that will, that will happen in your life every day of your life, determining what will and will not happen. 
In other words, God has created each day of her life and my life, allowing circumstances to happen and creating opportunities for his glory and my good and taking those things that happened to me that were not so good and he's used them for my good. But God doesn't just set the plan in motion and go about his business. His thoughts, think about this, his thoughts are constantly on you. So when you're thinking good thoughts, his thoughts are on you. When you're thinking those bad, ugly thoughts that you think sometimes, his thoughts are on you. And yet he still loves you. You know, God loves spending time with you. I love spending time with my daughter and my grandchildren. I love spending time with them. How much more does my heavenly father love spending time with me and spending time with you? And he has specific plans that you and only you can, can do. He knows you. He pursues you. He made you for a purpose. And he's ready to be with you and work out those plans with you every day. I encourage you today. I encourage you today to listen to his still, small voice. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to social media. Social media is the biggest lie you've ever seen. How many people do you wake up, they wake up in the morning and they look like stuff and they have drool running down their lips and the chin and, and they take a picture and put it on Facebook and say, hi, everybody. <laughs> the most pictures I see are usually pictures of when you're looking your best. They don't put on there, I had an ugly day today and somebody told me I was a terrible person. Normally you put on there, what a great day it's been today. This is a day the Lord has made and I will rejoice. I just encourage you today to quit listening to those voices. Quit listening to the voices of people that are out to hurt you. But listen to that small, still voice of God because he's saying to you, you are my child. You are somebody. You are somebody. I got here a $50 bill. It was nice and crisp, but I've used it. But I got a $50 bill right here. How much is that $50 bill worth? How much? $50. It's worth $50. And now if I'd, I'd walk over here and I'd just say to you, here, this $50 is yours. Don't you come up here and take it, though. <laughs> I said, if I did. If I did. <laughs> I didn't. And give it to you. You'd take it, wouldn't you? Because it's worth $50. Right? So what if I took that $50 bill and I just crumbled it all up? I just crumbled up, threw it on the ground. Whoops, I need to get that back. <laughs> if I just threw it on the ground, what if I took that thing and I just kicked it around and I picked it up and I cursed it and I just cursed that $50 bill and I just spit on it? What's that $50 bill worth? $50. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know who's kicked you around. I don't know who's abused you. I don't know who's spoken ill of you. I don't know what you've done to your own life. I don't care how much you've messed up, how many bad mistakes you've made in your life. I don't care what sin you have committed. I don't care if somebody spit on you. I don't care if your parents told you you were a mistake. I don't care if your ex-husband has treated you like crap or your ex-spouse has walked out on you. I don't care. You know what you're still worth? Jesus Christ given his life for you. You're still of incredible value. There is nothing, there is nothing that can change your value. Just like that $50 bill, no matter what I do to it, it's worth 
No matter what's been done to you or you've done to yourself, you're still worth Christ dying for you, giving his life for you. You see, Jesus died for nobodies like you and me. He died so that we could be recreated, transformed into the somebody that he created us to. That somebody that he knit together, that somebody that he keeps his eyes on, that somebody that he pursues, that somebody that he has a plan for. You're still that person. And don't let anyone tell you anything different. You are a cherished child of the Most High God who sent his one and only son to die for. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And when we pray that prayer, God begins to transform our lives into the person that he created you and I to be. My parting words to you is, you're not a nobody. You're not a nobody. You are a somebody that was worth dying for. You are a somebody that God took the time to knit together and create and pursue and to plan for and to give a purpose. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. If you never forget, if you forget everything I've ever done, if you even forget my name, don't forget you are a somebody. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your love, your grace, and your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, today that we have value. Father, in your eyes, we are your children. And God, that we are your beloved children. God, we thank you today that you are absolutely crazy about us. We matter to you that you're not mad at us, but you're madly in love with us. And Father, I thank you today that you have given us your word to back up what you planned for our lives, Father. And I pray for every person in this room today, Lord. There are some folks here today and those that are worshiping online or sitting in the cafe that maybe walked into this place today feeling like a nobody because somebody's told them they are a nobody. Or they picked it up. But Lord, today I pray that Every person in this room who may feel like a nobody, who's been rejected, who's been told they're not good enough, who's been told they're unnecessary, who has been told they've had flaws. But they realize today, Lord, they are somebody. Maybe that's you today. And maybe you're struggling. Yeah, you know Jesus. You've asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've invited him into your life, but you still struggle. Maybe you struggle on a daily basis with feeling like you have any value. Maybe you feel like you're in that one that's been kicked around, abused, spit on, talked about, laughed at, feel unnecessary, unlovable. And today you're going to decide to take God at his word and believe that he knows everything about you and still loves you. That he knit you together in your mother's womb that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That he pursues you. He stays with you. He meets you there before you get there. Before you say it, he knows it. 
He has a plan and purpose for your life. If that's you today and you'd say, you know what, man, I'm there. Many times in my life, I feel like a nobody. I want to pray for you today, and I'm sure Gay does as well. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes eyes closed and no one looking around, would you just say, buddy, would you pray for me? That's me. Would you just lift up your hand, anybody like that today? Yep, yep, all over the place. Yep, God bless you. You can put them back down. Anyone else feel like a nobody that God created to be a somebody? Anybody else wants to pray for you? You're just acknowledging to God. Yep, I see your hands. God sees them. Thank you, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your word that's been spoken today, God would transform the hearts of those who are sitting here today doubting who they are. Lord, I pray blessing over their life. Father, I pray blessing over the situation and the circumstances that they live in. I pray you would bless them, Father. And God, that you would just fill them with good thoughts of who they are from your word, Father. And I pray that the scripture would just penetrate their hearts like a double-edged sword, God. And you would begin today to transform their thinking. And Lord, that they would just continue to pursue you as you pursue them, Lord. And God, that you would, little by little, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, transform their lives. And God, that one day they can speak up and say, I am a somebody because somebody loved me enough to die for me. Maybe you're here today and you know the beginning point of transformation is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Is inviting him into your life because without him, there's no transformation of the heart. Oh, you can get your mind set on something, but God changes our heart and our mind. And you'd say, you know what? I, I just need to give my life to Jesus today. I need to be transformed. I've never accepted Christ, or maybe you've been away from him for a long time. You've turned your back on God, and you thought God didn't still love you or something. And you're saying, you know what, I want to come home today. All of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed. If you just pray this prayer with me, it's a simple prayer. Jesus, you can pray it out loud, but you don't have to. Just pray it sincerely. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Now, if you believe that, ask Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins. He died once for all of our sins. You just ask him, Lord, forgive me of all of my sins. And then you simply invite Jesus into your life. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. And then you say, Jesus, begin transforming me from thinking I'm a nobody to being the somebody that you created me to be. If you prayed that prayer today, would you thank Jesus? Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Just pray that. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. And thank you for beginning the transformation in my life. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you want to acknowledge before God and before Gay and I that this is the day that you've accepted Christ and your transformation has begun. 
With all of our heads bowed, would you just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer with me? Anybody today? Yep, see your hands. See your hands. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else I didn't see? Just put your hands. Yes. You can put it right back down. Anyone else? Wow. All over the auditorium. God bless you. I see your hand. God sees it too. <laughs> Anybody else? One last time, in case I didn't. Father, thank you, Lord, for those who have prayed that prayer of salvation. God, you have heard their prayer. And I believe by faith, O oh Lord, that they have been forgiven. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit and their spirit will connect in a powerful way this moment, Lord, that you would acknowledge to them, Father, that you would just let them know that they know that they know that, God, you have heard their prayer, you've forgiven them, and, Father, they are a child of the Most High God, been forgiven. Father, will you begin to transform their lives? Thank you for your spirit here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into your life and asked him to forgive you your sins, would you please just stop out at the table there that says, uh, accepted Christ today? Stop here. Stop there just for a moment. And pick up something we have there for you. There will be a pastor there that will help you and understand anything. But this little thing we want to give you will help you know what Christ did in your life today. We're going to stand and worship together. Now I have had the honor throughout this weekend to watch God speak to so many people. Last night, both services. I was honored to look out over the crowd and see so many of you wiping tears and what that means is that God has spoken to your heart and I had the honor after last service of speaking to a young woman who hasn't been to church since she was a little girl and she asked Jesus to come into her heart and that still just makes me as thrilled today as it did 25 years ago when God called us to reach people that were broken we are a broken people and we need him. That was a powerful message, wasn't it? Powerful. Now walk in that. Now this is a fun song. You've heard it on the radio. I said last night, it's kind of the white version of the one that you saw. <laughs> but we need you to sing along with us, okay? Because just sing it out. Sing it powerfully. Because uh, God has done something pretty special here this weekend. Save my soul. 
Just real quick, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them you are somebody. Just look at that person next to you and tell them you are somebody. You are somebody. Hey, my, I have parting words that I, from this that I'd like to say to the church, every one of us. You know, you ask us about uh, the transition and who that's going to be and all that. Well, Gay and I are no longer involved in that process, so we don't know. Uh, um, the board, board is in that process, and they'll choose who that be, that be. But our prayer, we're praying. That's what we can do. Our prayer is that no matter who they choose, that Salem Fields Community Church will always be a safe and loving place for the nobodies of our community and around the world. So they can become the somebodies that God created them to be. So go be somebody and tell somebody who feels like they are nobody that they are somebody. God bless you. <laughs>